Hello and welcome to Podcast First Player, episode 128. I'm one of your hosts, Cal. And as always, I'm joined by a man who's had someone pouring gravy over his allotment the last few nights. The plot thickens. It's only bloody Dan. I love thick gravy, me. <laughs> I, I can't, like thick gravy, actually. I, I can't deal with these people who have just like a brown puddle on like a, a Sunday roast or something. Yeah, you just... need, I, I don't hate when they you go somewhere, whether it's to somebody's house or you, you go to like a restaurant or a pub or something and have a Sunday dinner. And then they put gravy on and it's literally like one thin layer bang in the middle and it's not even touching the shit on the outside yeah i like a lot of gravy love love gravy it's got it's always got to be there but it's always got to be the right kind of consistency which is why Mm. i prefer to make my own rather than let someone else go for it so we make some nice gravy has it got meat juices in it uh what she makes me and logan yeah she has her own she has her own that's how you do it properly to be fair though some of the vegetarian shit ain't too bad like the that hasn't that hasn't got meat juices in. Yeah, but only if they've got onion. Well, onion gravy—that's your like turkey and stuff, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. If you buy it like with the that's used with meat, meat yeah. juices—is that right? Sounds yeah, that's weird. Right. Sounds no, weird. That's, that's absolutely right. All oh, right, but um, yeah, some of them all right. And do you know what I had last Christmas for the first time in about? 15 years. It's not gravy, but it's condiment related. Cranberry bread. sauce? No, bread pudding. I don't know if I've ever had that. I love bread pudding. I can't it's recall so it. Nice. Then it's... why have you waited 15 years to have it? Because I don't cook. <laughs> <laughs> I ask. when If I go to a carvery or something, and I'll go, oh, is that a bread pudding? They'll go, no, it's horseradish. I'll go, fuck you. You're <laughs> horseradish or shit. Yeah, oh, I hate a horseradish. I like. Oh no! I like to some... eat a horseradish. What raw? No, not a horseradish. What am I thinking of? What's the little red one? A radish. Just a radish. Yeah. What's a horseradish then? It's like a root. Oh. But it's like it's like a billion times stronger. Oh, fuck that then. Yeah, just normal radish is just enough. Yeah, radish is fine, but horseradish on a nice beef sandwich, maybe a nah. smidge of mustard on there as well. Ooh. I don't like mustard either. Oh man, your taste buds must be fucked up. Uh, well, I think my biggest hatred for um, mustard, though, is I remember when I was really young, I came down on a Sunday and uh, there was some out like on the table right ready for lunch. And I was like, ah, oh, peanut butter. And it wasn't peanut butter, it was a mustard. And was I don't like, like spicy food either. French so. mustard. I don't know who made it, but <laughs> it must have been. It must have been brown, otherwise it would have been like yellow. It was like a like a brownie yellow, like a like a dog that's like been ill. <laughs> yeah, yeah, like, yeah. I'm pretty sure that's um, like the French mustard. It's not as bad. It's still it would kill a kid absolutely. But I like it's spicy not, food though. It's not your Coleman's mustard, like you know. Grow some new pubes level of hotness. <laughs> Is that when you hit puberty? You just like inhale some mustard. <laughs> yep, I did it in a restaurant when I was twelve years old. <laughs> you went, you went in. He was like four foot, and he came out. He was like six foot seven. Yeah, and I was doing that thing where you like you shake the waiter's hand, but you've got a fiver in there as well. So it's just like, thanks for the service, mate. <laughs> so like one little hair. Hanging out your chin. 
That's the exact opposite of my puberty. <laughs> I went backwards. What are you, were you born with? I was like just... Benjamin Button. <laughs> oh God! So you came out with beard, uh, beard and pubes. Yeah. And then they just slowly. Well, anyway. No. Okay. Um, <laughs> if anyone cares, if you if you've made it this far, this episode is brought to you by Blueberry. Blueberry's a premier podcast hosting service, and with Podcast First Player, you can get one month absolutely free. Simply go to blueberry.com and use promo code PVP to start your podcast adventure today. Now then, Dan. Yes. This week's news is news that you um, showed me and then proceeded to just shit yourself for about 20 minutes. Yeah. Um, To be fair, I'm still kind of pooping a little bit. (laughs) Um, So this is the news that in uh, Las Vegas, which I assume was the, uh, what's it called, Star Trek... Uh, Trekathon. Yeah, it's it's the expo thing that I went to. I can't remember what it's called now. Uh, but I went to the one in London. Um, but this they they do it in Las Vegas, which I think is the main one. Like that's where everybody goes, sort of thing. Yeah, yeah all your cast and crew and stuff are there. Um, they did one in Berlin, I think, and uh, possibly one in London. And it was the first one that they did in London that me and friend of the show Rick. Uh, me and Rick went down there I've probably talked about this before um, but when we were going there um, uh, Jonathan Frakes was supposed to be going as a as a guest hey. he's sort of like sorry he's he plays number two doesn't he number one but yes he's he's number second one, in yeah, command the second yeah. in command number Riker. two is Data but yes Riker is absolutely oh man right. so good well done <laughs> <laughs> so he was supposed to be there. So it was like Will Shatner and um, like most of the next gen crew. But then Jonathan Frakes was going to be like, wow, you know, Will Riker's going to be there. Awesome. And then there was an announcement and they were just like, oh, sorry, Jonathan Frakes isn't going to be able to make it. However, we've got a standing guest of Sir Patrick Stewart. And we were just like, what? It was like, so we've just gone from going, cool, there's going to be, there's going to be Q and there's going to be the Doctor from Voyager and Data and Worf and everybody. But... Now, now Patrick Stewart's going as well. It's just like, oh my god! So he just the, the hype train just went fucking ballistic after that. Um, and so you know, we went down there, we saw him, and he was very nice to us. Um, I dressed up as a, in a suit to uh, to meet him because, <laughs> as I may have mentioned to you, actually, there was there was two reasons that I wanted to get into acting when I was a kid. Um, the two main sort of pushes for me to do performing arts. Um, for the, the, the comedy side of things, Rowan Atkinson, because his, his, the, the fact that he can do a complete visual performance and have people rolling about laughing without saying a fucking word, yeah. is, it's a testament to just being... It, it's like that sort of Rick Mail, like, you know, they, they know that they can just pull a certain face in a certain way and people will lose their minds, right? Yeah, yeah. And it, it's, it was astounding, like, watching something like Mr. B. And the fact that it's... It's globally loved, and it doesn't need translating. Like, you don't need to remake it. You don't, like, you know, The Office is, like, one of the best shows that's ever been made from England, but then it's been also translated into, you know, 40, 50 different countries or something, a different language. They've remade their own version of it. Whereas Mr. Bean, you don't need to. No no one needs a reboot of it. It's still as hilarious now as it was then. Um... So he's sort of the way he was just—he was just funny for being funny, and he could like do slapstick and stuff like that. And timing was amazing. Um, but then the second 
reason was Patrick Stewart. And it's because he's got such a commanding voice and he can oh, just yeah. stand on a stage or he can stand um, on a set and he just controls that whole room. Like He, he just stands there, he, he's loud, proud, and he just he doesn't move. It's just his delivery and it's power and it's meaningful. And it, it's, it's something that always always blew me away it's especially obviously in star trek as well but um i think um what's it called uh the the, the youtube channel that does the honest trailers that's it um oh yeah yeah, yeah. Um, on the i think it was like the 30th anniversary of star trek the next generation they did a special for like you know honest trailer for like the whole of the next generation yeah and they were just like oh you know it's it's all obviously it's all in good fun but it was just like um, you know, it's sort of like the, the wacky effects, crazy aliens, and like far better acting than this show should be entitled to. <laughs> and then it's just like all these clips of like these incredibly serious kind of moments. Like, funnily enough, I was actually watching an episode yesterday where there was uh, a guy who was trying to save his planet. Like, he's the sun. So, if you imagine it on our terms, our sun in a few million years is going to go out, it just runs out of life, basically. Um, and his planet's sun had about 40 years left before it would just go out and they weren't willing to because I mean they're a fairly uh, reclusive kind of race so they didn't want to reach out and try and get help from anybody else um, and they didn't really want to relocate so all of the eggs for that sort of race were in this guy's hands you know it was in his basket and he it was up to him to try and restart the sun think that film um, Sunshine or whatever it is you know when they they have to restart the sun because it's going I don't it's, think I've seen that. Um, I can't remember if it's sunshine. Um, I think it might be because basically it's like, again, it's in the future and the sun's just sort of running out of steam and we're suffering as a consequence. Um, so he, uh, like, they, they test this thing and he, he's like, uh, oh, I, I need to try and sort this out in my lifetime um, because on his, on his planet um, they have a customary ritual suicide so All right. <laughs> when you hit 60 years old it's you everyone would just kill themselves so as soon as you hit 60 um you, you know they don't want people to suffer through ailments and old age and they don't want to be a burden on uh, their children who it's their job to support and love them not the other way around so there's, there's this whole thing so diana troy you know diana she's like yeah. the uh, empath um like her mother is just like this super exuberant full of life uh, older lady and it's like there's just this scene in it where just there's this guy and this woman like one is just like no this is ridiculous of course you you can't do that you can't just go back and kill yourself like by the time that you just, the other scientists sort of catch up with your thinking it's going to be too late and then they'll have killed themselves as well you know you need to go about there and you need to change all of this um and it was it was just it was, but you're talking about things like you know morals and suicide and the, you know care for the elderly, um, and then I was watching another one today where Data makes an android and he calls her his his daughter, um, and he you know it's again it's it's the sort of like you know let her choose. Bear in mind this is all in the eighties. Obviously we're in a much different time now, but it was just like she's genderless. She has no appearance. Um, I'm going to let her decide that for herself. I mean, I'm calling her her because I don't know what to call her. her. 
But it was played by a girl, though, wasn't it? It was, it was played by a woman, yeah. She, um, she kissed Riker. She did indeed. See? <sighs> I'm a fucking Star Trek fire. You are. And, I mean, it seems to just be purely around Will Riker, but <laughs> I'll take it. <laughs> um, but, again, it sort of it addresses these kind of things, and no one really does this better than, than Patrick Stewart, because some of the things that you are saying, or you are doing, or you are supposed to be portraying, you know, they're silly, obviously. Um, or they're just sort of so out there, it's just like, no, okay, fair enough. But he delivers it as if this is the most important sort of role of his life, every yeah. single scene. Well, to be fair, I think at the time, though, this had to be his biggest his biggest thing he did at the uh, time. Well, I mean, he was doing... Um, he was doing, like... A lot of stage not, stuff. Yeah, like, stage... Like, I don't know about Broadway, but... No, no, it's like RSC. Yeah, exactly. Um, but I, I want to say that he'd done a couple of films um, before he'd landed that gig. But yeah, I mean that that's a role that will change your life, basically. Um, so you know he did that, and he's he's done a new a number of uh, Star Trek films before he's then gone on to become a major sort of like Hollywood actor. Mm. Um, and then in two thousand and two, they did uh, Star Trek Nemesis, which was the last. Film for the the Next Generation cast, which was with uh, Tom uh, Tom Hardy, yeah, um, and in that it was it was kind of a relatively nice but open ended closure to that crew and that kind of series. So, spoiler alert: um, Data kills himself. <gasps> he sacrifices himself to save the crew, um, but he'd like transferred his own mind into uh, like another android basically so the, the the kind of there's the the, the open-endedness of oh is it still him is it not is it whatever um but that was it so that you know there wasn't like they didn't all go down in a blaze of glory um they didn't all you know sort of chin chin and then it was just they'd finished that mission and they were just heading off i think that i think maybe the enterprise was either going to be decommissioned or they were on their last mission i can't really remember it's been a while it's not a great film i'll be honest not as good as um, First Contact. It's really not, mate. It's really not. It's a fucking excellent film. I I don't even like Star Trek. I like Next Generation, and I could tolerate Voyager, but First Contact, just as a film on its own, yeah. is really good. It's because it's it's, and this is because I watched um, Jurassic World: Fallen Kingdom today, right? And it's not again. It's not very good, and. Like when I see things like First Contact, and I things see things like The Terminator and Alien and Aliens, and you know, it's these these first things where they you know they're very claustrophobic and it's almost like a horror film. Mm. Like those are the things that are the most enticing about it. And as soon as you you go from the first Terminator, where you're basically fighting like the equivalent of like a dream monster, yeah, it's just like you can't kill him. He'll never stop. He'll never eat. He'll never sleep. He's infinitely more intelligent, more strong. He's just, he's just an unstoppable thing, and there's nothing you can do to stop him. It's like one of you know those a monster that will chase you forever, and yeah. you can never get away. Um, and then you've got like Terminator Three, where it's just like, oh god, just, just stop it, the Parian. Yeah. Like they just don't seem anywhere near as intimidating. And again, the Borg in First Contact were very scary. Yeah, bad guys because they were relentless and they would just consume and they would just assimilate and they would kill and maim 
and you know they would do anything to get what they want and again that's a very scary kind of bad guy when you're going up against a hive mind who can't be reasoned with yeah. because you know you can't beat them um and that's why that you know that film was great and i think that was one of his best performances was in that film without a doubt yeah I even though it's... they were all very good in that film oh yeah totally absolutely they were um but it's you know it was sort of it was sad to see him finish in 2002 but it was one of these things where he's sort of like as an actor i think this has kind of run its course and i don't really want to drag this on forever and ever um you know i want to do other things and i don't think anyone could begrudge him once you've done something for like 30 well 20 25 years and you are ingrained in people's minds as being a certain person um, even being an X-Men though like I mean yeah. even, even me mate, I made the joke with um, I think it was your Star Trek Online video and I'd done two covers for it and one cover was with uh, actually you in a Star Trek uniform with the rest yeah. of the team and then I did another one and it's got Professor X in the corner <laughs> um, and it's I think people only see uh, Patrick Stewart as uh, Picard and Professor X. Nothing else. Yeah, I do. And the dad in Family Guy. But oh well, no. Um, the uh, the deputy director in American Dad. You mean? Yes, that's what I'm, that's what I'm thinking. Of. Yeah, he's not yeah, in Family yeah. Guy. No, no. Well, I mean, he is as himself, but I apologize. Um, but like, there's. So, but again, I, you can understand when someone says it's like when Chris Eccleston said, oh, "I don't want to be Doctor Who anymore. I don't want to be typecast as that person." It's just sort of like, yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, like but where's he? Um, he's done a couple <laughs> of films, and he was in Thor. So I mean, that's pretty good going. Was he in Thor? He was the bloody dark elf in Thor: The Dark World. I still can't picture him. You know the main bad guy? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, that that's was, him. I didn't know that was Eccleston. Yeah, yeah. I mean, he's, he's not even like covered in prosthetics or anything. Else. It's just his face. No, say I can't remember him. But it's not a memorable film, so that doesn't surprise no. me at all. <laughs> but he's he's now said um, he put up a post I, again. This is what I was talking about Las Vegas earlier. I'm assuming that they had this convention. Yeah, back in, onto this <laughs> in uh, in Las Vegas. But he's announced that he's accepted a contract with CBS and he's going to be returning to the role of Jean Luc Picard. Um, now, immediate thoughts are sort of like, oh, God, are they going to put him in Discovery? How's that going to work? Like, Discovery is canon, but it's also 30 years, well, uh, it's about 100... 100 something years, isn't it? Yeah, it's about 100 and something years before... I mean, even if you wanted to have him as a lieutenant on the Stargazer, for example's sake, um, that would still be when he was a relatively young guy. So that would still be about 80 years into the future, but... I mean, time travel's always, always... A th- I watched another episode today which had time travel in it because it's just such an interesting thing because it's just explained away. They just go, there's a temporal disturbance and here comes a thing from the past. And you're like, all right, that's fine. It's it's space, like anything goes in space because it's so far in the future and it's so far away from what we can expect. You can kind of just go, sure, maybe that's a thing that would actually exist given... Yeah. The right kind of alien uh, sort of vistas and yeah, the weird technologies and things. Maybe that's the thing. I mean, if you went back two hundred years 
and said, here's a phone and you can call someone else on the other side of the planet with this and speak to them now. Yeah. They'd be like, yeah, fuck off. That's ridiculous. Of course you can't do that. You know, oh, we put a man on the moon. And they go, no, that's impossible. How does that even work? Like, there's things like that that are theoretically not impossible. Like, you know, travelling faster than light. Again, it's it's almost almost impossible, but with the right kind of criteria and you know maybe in a few hundred years it's not impossible now it's it's impossible with our current yeah not not mine and yours we've obviously already done it but (laughs) (laughs) but with with our our current uh technology that we're aware of at least um it's impossible but it's it's the kind of feat that given the right circumstances would easily be achievable not yeah. easily, I suppose. But <laughs> it, no, I mean it's it, it's one of those things that's just like it, it's a defining point. Yeah, like you, you know, uh, the first time that a vehicle broke the sound barrier, the first plane, you know, the first space shuttle, the first submarine, you know, that the the these sort of like milestones in technological achievement, mm. and it's something that people will go for. Otherwise, when they go, okay, well, we broke the sound barrier, we'll never do that again, because why would we need to? People go, no, fuck that. You went at 730 miles an hour in a plane, let's see if we can do it in a car. You know, Thrust uh, Thrust SSC got the the world land speed record of like, what is it, like three or 400 miles an hour or something? I I can't remember exactly, but... uh, No, I'm pretty sure they... Didn't they break the sound barrier? We went to... This is related. Um, it was Logan's birthday the other week, and we took him to the Think Tank in Birmingham. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's like a science museum. And uh, there was two bits in it that was not really for kids, but the rest of it's for, like, showing you how um, the, the different parts of the body work and uh, the boats and shit like that. But then there was two bits... Um, that was more for older kids than adults, and one was the yep. planetarium. That was fucking awesome. That was really I bet that powers. is, yeah. yeah. Um, and then the other bit was like learning about like locomotives and stuff, hmm. which I thought he would have loved because obviously it's trains. But then you go down to it because you just walk around. Um, you go down to it, and there's like nothing there for like kids. But um, and I can't remember any of it. But there's a big <laughs> thing about the vehicle you're talking about that that broke the sound barrier. And it wasn't done again for like another, I think it was thirty years or something till they beat it. Oh, but um, they haven't. Because I've just because I I thought I know that the 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 sound barrier is about seven hundred and thirty seven hundred and forty miles an hour. Um, I've just had a quick Google though, but thrust from nineteen ninety seven does still hold the world land speed record of seven hundred and sixty three miles an hour. Because well, so it's a different one then, because the one I'm thinking of is from the sixties. Uh, well, uh, that's that's the most current one. So I'm assuming there was something beforehand which may have been four or five hundred miles an hour, maybe, and now they've beaten it. Yeah, it must um, be. But they they had a, like a a replica build of it. No way. And it was fucking awesome. It's proper cool. Yeah, but that that's the thing though is that it'll never just be a case of well, like because I mean the, the the team that are making thrust, uh, sorry, the team that made thrust, they're making. Well, they have been for a few years, actually. They've mm. been, they made a new car called uh, uh, Bloodhound, I think it is. Bloodhound. <laughs> um, I'm pretty sure it is the Bloodhound. Um, but I, I think that's the, the next uh, checkpoint for them, is 1,000 miles an hour on land in a car. It sounds... Which is... Uh, it's no, yeah, unbelievably sorry. fast. 
Well, that it, I'm assuming it like it. Say it's gone from like four or five hundred. Now it's gone to seven, and then they can either aim for nine or just push it and try and get like a thousand. Well, I think a thousand is like a rounder. That's what I mean. Mark, isn't it? It should be know? easier to go forward from that as well. Yeah, yeah, but th- that's that's what I mean though. Like, there's, there's always someone who wants to do something bigger, better, faster, Stronger. and Daft Punk. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I, you know, someone saying maybe we can actually create a wormhole or we can accelerate something past the speed of light. You know, it's is it possible? You know, again, go back two hundred years and say that we can get a car that can travel faster than sound. They'd be like, that's imp- no, of course you can't. Okay, because you can only l- think on their terms. Go about that long and say there's a car that can run on electric or... Uh, what's electric? Exactly. <laughs> what does electricity mean? I don't understand. Like, th- there's just a million concepts that... W- you could go back and explain how a telephone works, or the yeah. internet, and they'd go, I have literally no idea what you're on about. So I don't think... I Personally, I don't think it's an impossible task... For, for us, for our lifetimes, without a doubt. Um, but if for the future, yeah, totally. I don't understand why it wouldn't be. Well, there's already... I'm, I mean, I could be completely wrong, but if I remember rightly from a discussion I had with someone who I can't even remember who it was. So this might not have even happened. I might have dreamt this. But there is already a thing that can move like micro protons from one place to another. Something oh, like the uh, the teleportation thing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh man, that was a few years ago. Um, so it, it, it can't move. Like, it can't move like an apple or something like that. It's literally like a tiny. Like yeah, it's a like nano the, thing. They can move it faster than the speed of light. Um, I, I can't remember the science behind. It. I mean, the, there's one thing of remembering the science behind something. It's another to understand it. Yeah. But I think either you way, never it, I wouldn't understand. No, not at all. <laughs> But like it, it was, it was something like because I, I do vaguely remember this. It was something like they either accelerated it either to or past the speed of light, or what we believed would, was to be possible. Yeah. Or they teleported it, so they moved it from one location to another. I think it was, again, could could be completely wrong, but I think it's it moves so fast that it appears that it's teleported. Well, I mean that's that's ultimately what the speed of light would be like. If, yeah. If you're doing it on Earth, you know, I mean because. Don't because um, railguns they, I'm pretty sure they accelerate something to almost the speed of light. Maybe. I'm pretty sure because I was watching something about the um, was it on one Star that the American. <laughs> no, I mean railguns are real. I know. <laughs> I I can't remember if it was one that either the Chinese or the Russians had. Um. But I'm I'm almost positive that they were saying yeah this it, it fires like a missile like not a missile but like just a piece of metal like so fast that it would just you know it would obliterate anything it hits basically. Jeez. Um, also, I was reading up on this project that the Americans were either working on or are working on or have given up on or whatever. Um, but it was about these um, like hypersonic missiles. Um, so they would like yeah, they would go up into the atmosphere. Uh, and then they would sort of like go through space and accelerate, so they were going at like faster speeds than are possible, and then just go straight through the atmosphere like at the target. Jesus. But they, they were they were travelling at like it was it's some. I'm going to have to just have a quick Google of it because it it just blew my mind. Um, uh, I think it was on. 
Uh, oh, here we are. Um, Zircon. Uh, hypersonic cruise missile. Um, Zircon can travel at a speed of Mach 5 to Mach 6, which is um, about 4,000 to 4,500 miles an hour. Jeez. Um, yeah, so the, the, the basically the, the point of it being is that nothing can stop it. So it says that the Royal Navy's uh, surface-to-air missiles, which will like stop ballistic missiles and stuff, um, they are only capable of catching up to something and stopping it if it's flying at Mach 3. So basically, if one is launched and dropped... Um, oh my god, the f in flight, the missile is completely covered by a plasma cloud. The cloud absorbs any rays of the radio frequencies, making the missile invisible to radar. That's insane. I mean, that is terrifying. In April 2017, it's reported that Zircon had reached a, Mach, a speed of Mach 8 of 6,090 miles an hour during a test. 6,000 miles an hour. That, that's, 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 that makes me feel ill. Because it's like, you would get no warning. It's, they would just vote and it, it would just wipe you out and you would have a and you wouldn't have a clue about it no you'd be dead <laughs> god damn that's scary but that's you know that is the world we live in i suppose well it is anyway i forgot what i was going to say oh yeah um the telegraph dan mm. today have said um the series is uh, it's not a next generation reboot, but it will tell the story of the next chapter of Picard's life. Can you imagine if they said uh, we want to bring Patrick Stewart back as Jean-Luc Picard? He's seventy-eight years old, and we're going to reboot the series. <laughs> yeah, start from the beginning. <laughs> like CBS would be burnt down. Yeah, there is no way that you could ever try and reboot something like that. I mean, it's because of series like that that is that they've they want to make films. You know, they want to sort of generate new hype for it because it's so beloved yeah i, th I think the with this though it, it this is all but verbal or written confirmation that it's going to have nothing to do with discovery well that that's fine i think it's i think it's fine for them to have two separate shows set in the same shared universe hmm. 150 years apart like i don't i don't think there's anything wrong with that no Obviously, the only difference being is that obviously the technology that's used in Discovery is very different from the rest of the shows. Yeah. So if this is going to be a further continuation, you know, is it going to look very similar to how we last saw like the Enterprise E in Nemesis, or is it going to be all holograms and you know well, yeah, displays that come out of screen? That's the thing. It's sort of like how do you, which which way do you go? So I I don't even think they finish writing like a synopsis of it yet let alone any scripts or anything i think he's just confirmed that he's on board for five years i imagine the um, script's been done if he's signed up to do it i don't think, I think that if they've just knowing. i mean if he if they've just given him free reign maybe and they've just said look we want to do this you know discoveries people are liking discovery but they're not going mad for it if you were to come back and lead a new show though it, it wouldn't make a difference if it was not too great because seeing you back in the uniform on a bridge on a starship 
it it would the people would go fucking ballistic for that alone. Unless the next chapter of Picard's life is like he's opened up like a a space cafe and <laughs> a greasy spoon in space. <laughs> I'd be okay with that. He just travels around in like you know like um remember the Mr. Sizzle van that used to be in the town. Yeah, yeah. He just like it's like one of them but it flies through space. No, it's like the uh, you know the, the the Chinese restaurant in the Fifth Element <laughs> that like that flies up to Corbin's window and then like put us off. He's, he's just got one of them basically, but it just serves Earl Grey tea. That'd be a great show. I'd watch maybe that. Not, maybe not for Star Trek, but <laughs> <laughs> speaking of um, like rest stop type things, um, I was coming back from a holiday the other day, and for about four miles there was signs like cafe up ahead and your next left there's a cafe hot and cold food eating takeaway like literally like miles these different signs literally came up to it closed (laughs) (laughs) what the fuck (laughs) i didn't intend to go there but because i was just staring out the window i was just reading the signs as i was going past Uh, it's gonna be good this cafe when we finally get there (laughs) bag of shit Anyway, I am actually quite excited for this, Dan. As a so non-Star Trek fan, um, my favourite Star Trek series, a continuation of that, I'm, I'm on board for that. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree. Um, I think that the, like the, the fact that obviously him and the, the cast and all that, you know, it's, it's a fairly, you know, they do classify themselves as, you know, a family. You know, it's one of these sort of shows where. Like friends, I guess. You know, you've done it for so long. You see these people every day for months and months and months on end. Um, yeah, eventually you, you kind of, you know, you become inseparable. So, I mean, as long as he's got that kind of relationship and the the previous actors have got that kind of relationship with the studio still. I yeah. mean, the amount of cameos that could come into this, like, you know, Picard running a bar and all of his old mates <laughs> kind of come in and Klingons are coming in that he's pissed off years ago and try and batter him. Like, there's just, there's just so much potential. It's it's just I'm really curious as to how they do it because like I mean that's the interesting thing because I mean they've they've shown him as as like a, an older man um, at the end of I think it was at the end of the next generation so he'd like retired and he'd become an ambassador I think yeah um, and then it turns out that there's like this weird time loop thing and. It's it's too complicated to try and explain. Um, but he he you know he's either becomes like an admiral or an ambassador or you know he he takes the next step after leaving the bridge. Um, but I don't know because I mean the, there's something in uh, Star Trek Generations where he's talking to Captain Kirk because like Kirk's just sort of like oh you know go in and shoot everyone and kiss all the girls and Picard's like no we've got rules we've got rules and we've got to stick to them. And I like your Picard voice. It, that's that's. I mean, I'm going to play the younger version of him in uh, <laughs> <laughs> in this. Yeah, I, 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 if they just said, "Do you want to do a? Uh, do you want to be a flashback Picard?" I'd be like, "Give me that razor, <laughs> give me that razor. I'll fucking get it all it's off." It's a now. flashback. You haven't got to be bald straight away. He was though from the very beginning. Um, he had thinner in hair when he was a cadet because he had a picture um, of him in. He was, I think it was an episode with Q, to be honest. I can't really remember. I reckon he had an afro. <laughs> or, dread, or dreadlocks. <laughs> yeah, maybe so. Like a predator. Yeah. Although, just irrelevant. Um, on 
currently on the Telegraph still, and there's a picture of Patrick Stewart with the Borg Queen. Oh yeah. Um, in first contact, and underneath it's got Patrick Stewart brackets right with Alice <laughs> Krieg in Star Trek First Contact. Like they had to. We, I wasn't sure which one was Patrick Stewart. Yeah, <laughs> is, it, is it the woman who's dressed as a robot, or is it the man who looks exactly <laughs> like Patrick Stewart? <laughs> For God's sake. God almighty, bloody idiots. I know. Um, but I, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see him, you know, sort of like, just him where he, he hasn't got that control and power anymore. Mm. Like where they just sort of like, yeah, you don't have a ship anymore, you know, and you're not. You're not flying around saving everybody and making first contact and going on all kinds of adventures and things. You're, you know, maybe he just feels a bit useless. Maybe because, like, like think about it. If you say, if you were like a, you know, like I, I imagine soldiers and stuff get it. You know, you, you, you serve. You get a command. You serve with these your troops, and then eventually they're just like, yeah, we don't need you anymore. You or you, you're too old. You can't keep up. You can't do everything else. Like. If that's your identity, if that's everything of every day that's been for like, because he he doesn't have a family, yeah. you know, um, so after that sort of gone, we you know thanks for the service, thanks for the job, but you, you're too old, mate. You can't do it. You need to retire. Like, how does he kind of fill that time? Does he go seeking trouble and adventures, or does he just kind of relax? But things come back to haunt him. That's 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 the bit I'm curious about. Is too. They say that this is the next chapter, but what the fuck does that mean? Does he start his own company? Yeah, but how how long after Star Trek Nemesis is it? Um, that's an interesting point. Um, because I'm pretty sure because ne- uh, Nemesis was 2002, so you're talking 16 years ago. So he would have been pushing 60 hmm. by that point, and he was still, you know. Stripping off to his shirt and die-harding everywhere. Um, but like the the beauty of it is, is because it's not you know Arnie running around pretending to be the Terminator when he's seventy years old. Yeah, you can have someone who's eighty years old just sat in a chair shouting instructions. Yeah, because that's you know he's 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 got everything in his brain and he just tells everyone what to do and he'll figure it all out rather than you give him a gun and send him off into a jungle. <laughs> um. So I mean, I, I'd I'd like to think that it's maybe it's sort of representative of our time. So you know, it's 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 still that guy, but it is sixteen years later for him. What if, say, um, he still works under Starfleet, mm. but they they give him like a desk job? Well, that's what that's ultimately what he did with the um, when he was an ambassador. I think he was the ambassador to Vulcan. I think. Um, so it's just more sort of like, you know, he was just um, settling disagreements and, you know, uh, it is, it's the more sort of diplomacy side of things rather than the exploration side of things. Mm. Um, so, I mean, yeah, or, you know, you just say, well, we'll make him an admiral and he can just point fingers and tell people what to do. But, I mean, it, it opens it up for Kate Mulgrew as well, though. Um, I mean, it... N- well, maybe not, because I mean the, the the pull of the show is the fact that it is you know what's going to happen this week. Is it going to be a new monster? Are they going to go back in time? Is the holodeck going to take over this time? Are they, they going to get transported to Sherwood Forest and yeah, exactly. Robin Hood? <laughs> they they could just go literally any idea you want. That's what we can do, and we'll just we'll think of some sciencey way of explaining it, or just go oh you know bloody 
protons and nebula stars and it, all this this plasma cloud that we've just flown through. It, it's turned all of the ship's computers into worms. <laughs> into jelly. So, yeah, it's, so they can get away with anything. But it's it's the believability of the characters, and that is already sorted because you know who he is. He's playing the same person, and he, I don't think it's going to take too much for him to kind of revert back to that role and that kind of nah, that he's, mindset. He's always in Picard mode. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I really don't. I mean, people could sit around for for hours and speculate as to what this is going to be. I mean, what you know? What if he's like some sort of spec ops task leader, and he's like covertly running refugee trek force yeah who the bloody hell knows it could be anything but it's an interesting call and it's not one that i would have expected from him to be honest oh no he said himself he thought that was it his starship days were done so yeah i mean he can't be short of cash either so it's not as if he's just like if william shatner said oh i'm going to come back and do some more captain kirk I, I would go, maybe it's because you got nothing else. Like, well, he had that show, didn't he? Um, oh, something about a dad. Yeah, uh, shit my dad says. Yeah, that was uh, it, yeah. That I imagine wasn't that good. flopped. wasn't very good. Yeah. But that was based on um, a real life. This guy used to tweet things, like stupid shit that his dad said, and then he got picked up as a TV show. <laughs> Christ, is that how they pitch shows these days? <laughs> yep. <laughs> the tweets were actually very funny. But the the show wasn't. Yeah, I don't think I, I don't think even Stuart could have saved that show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think they were just trying to find a Star Trek captain, to be honest. <laughs> but it, that's just made me think, though, because I mean, in in the canon, um, I think it was in. Actually, I think it was in First Contact that you'll be able to confirm this. Um, did Kate Mulgrew show up in it? Janeway. Do you know? Was right. Janeway in? Janeway wasn't in bloody First Contact. See, I can't remember if it's First Contact or the one after that. Insurrection. Um, yeah, because she's, like, that's, it's basically, again, in the continuity, Voyager's got home by that point, and she's promoted to be an admiral. I so I she First Contact. She spoke to Picard about something or other. Um, so, I mean, that means that if he's stuck, it's still knocking around, then maybe she could be as well. Like, imagine, like, them two just sort of going through a stroll for the park, talking about all their crazy adventures and things. I don't think... Is Jane Way... Is she still alive? What, Kate Mulgrew? Yeah. Yeah, of course she is. She's in Orange is the New Black. I could not tell you that. <laughs> yeah, she totally is. Well, I'm going to have a lot now. No, there's no Janeway. It, it might be Insurrection then. I can't remember. Um, but either way, it's confirmed that she's, you know, when they get back to Earth, um, she's an admiral, and obviously she's got some kind of relationship with Picard. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's that's that's two shows, or potentially three shows if you count Deep Space Nine as well, that could all kind of intermingle with each other. And, you know, like cast and crew and things that happened in one show could, you know, it could just be sort of like a swan song to all of them. Possibly. Or it could just have fuck all to do with any of them. As long as Cisco's not in it. I, th- I think Cisco was fine. He was fine. I didn't like it. Yeah. I mean, it's it's it takes a bit more getting used to. I don't think it's more of a casual show because there's a lot of there's a lot of religion and politics and stuff going on it as well. It's better than. Oh, what's the one with the theme song? 
Enterprise. Yeah, I didn't like that one. The, Again, the guy with the big nose. It's hits and misses, really. Um, but I don't think that show had enough time to kind of develop into anything before it got cancelled. Which is which is a shame because again, it, although if anything, it proves that you never go backwards. <laughs> yeah. So it's, that's why they were going. To, oh, Discovery! It's going to go back in time again. It's like stop going back in time. Clearly, that didn't work with Enterprise. Just keep going forwards. Paid off though. Discovery ain't too bad. It's it's not. I think I think what they were doing with that though is obviously the new films are set in the past. Yeah, but it's also set in a different time. No, no I know it's not. Con- they're not connected, but yeah. I think it should. Oh, sort of play. It's drawing from that kind of fan base. Yes, yeah. Which which is fine because again, from a business point of view, if people are mad into the films, but they maybe weren't into the shows, and be- maybe they don't want to get into the shows because they go, "Oh, that's from thirty years ago. It's not going to be any good now, is it?" Um, or they've missed that kind of nostalgia. A trip from it, you know, instead of watching it when you were a kid, it was already off TV by that point. Yeah. Um, so if that's a, a way of sort of like, you know, cooing people in and go, oh, look, it's like the films, you know, and then season two when they've got all those people on board. Here's they go, Picard. okay. <laughs> well, Kirk's in uh, not Kirk, sorry, Spock's in it, Pike's in it. So they, they were tickling the buttons of uh, the nostalgia at the end of season one. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know is the answer. I don't know if this could work. I don't know how it's going to work. It's really going to depend on what it's going to be about, other than just the next chapter of his life, in air quotes. I think it needs to be more than Picard. Well, I mean, because he's like a mad history and archaeology buff. So, I mean, what if it's him just sort of like in Indiana Jones kind of thing, just travelling from planet to planet looking for history stuff? I'd be down for that. Maybe so. It could be a police... It could be literally anything. He's he's got like a million. Oh, the Ferengi have got laser whips. There you go. Can I have one? Um, you kept one. Maybe. I mean, they were shit because <laughs> it's just a whip. I mean, at the end of the day, if you've got a whip or a laser gun, which one are you going to go to? Depends what the situation calls for. <laughs> well, they weren't using them to swing across caverns. I'll tell you that much. Exactly. They're not using them to the full potential. Anyway, what I was going to say was. I remember, on a, like, on about how good the films look and uh, Discovery and that. Oh, very much so, yeah. I remember when you made me watch Star Trek, and uh, I, I can't remember which one it was, but it was um, what the updated visual version, whatever, it, like the HD remaster of the series, sure. and all the ships and stuff. It did look pretty cool. And that. Yeah, but then it goes back indoors, and it's like all cardboard and stuff. Like, yeah, well, that I mean, if you incredible waste of money. <laughs> well, the, the, the fact is though, it's because it's all models and stuff. So I mean, the C- you could just take those out completely and just have a CGI scene instead, and it will look a lot, lot better. Um, but you know, I do feel that they've kind of brightened up the interiors, and they do look a bit better. I mean, like I was watching a season two episode of Next Generation earlier, and like, like he. Like Picard was reading something on a computer, and then he like turned it round, and it was like clearly made out of like cardboard or polystyrene, <laughs> something like that, with just a picture slapped on it. But like, like when you go, like when me and Rick went to something in in Blackpool where they had like loads of props and things. Few of them mm. you were sort of allowed to touch in that. Few of them you weren't. But 
I mean, if there's no one there to stop you, what are you going to do? This was a Star Trek thing, by the way, not just some place in Blab. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, and it is, it is genuinely surprising when you look at them up close and you go, God, this looks terrible. <laughs> like, because it, it is just like MDF and ply and it's just plaster. And because obviously people, that's never the focus. I mean, some of the screens are, like some of the computer panels and things, they are glass and they've got paint, mm. like... The, the the buttons and stuff they do light up and things and they do look cool, but obviously the benefit of doing that sort of stuff these days is because they go well we can actually just put a big screen in it yeah. and program it to have these kind of visual responses when you press a certain key. So these days it would I mean like and plus people have made their own transporter consoles and stuff and they make them all out of glass and they look amazing. Yeah. But when you yeah when you look at the like the garbage they were yeah, using that's in the what 80s. They had in, in the days that I mean, it's it not, is, yeah. it's not really the same. But look at when we made Lucille. Yeah, I mean that again in a picture. You you won't even really pay that much attention to it. But if you held it in your hands, you went, "Christ, that feels terrible." Yeah, <laughs> well, it feels like a, a wet chicken drumstick. But that was literally paper mache and an umbrella. Yeah, and obviously paint. But from a visual, <laughs> yeah. But if you were just looking at that. You go, oh, I get it, and I see what it is, but you wouldn't be looking at it so closely. And that's kind of the benefit of those shows being shot when they were, yeah. because the like the camera technology and stuff was so poor as well, and the TV you'd be watching it on would be not very good. Yeah. It would look like it was real, and it was from the future, because as soon as you get like an ultra 4K HD version, you can see every fingerprint on it, then it's just that's when it kind of takes it away, and it looks a bit terrible. Yeah, but that's now, though. It, it, the nostalgia feeling of it still there that you got to watch it years ago. Yeah, don't get me wrong. I would I would much rather see people walking through a fairly obviously plastic or cardboard set rather than than walk around in front of a big green screen. Again, depending on. I mean, like the Aquaman trailer hit a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. And um, the other day, I noticed uh, a lot of people commenting on about there's too much CGI and stuff. It's under fucking water in Atlantis. Yeah, it's a city underwater. Of course it is. <laughs> there's no other way they can do it. No. <laughs> For fuck's sake. I mean, it's the same thing again with uh, Venom. And I'm like, he looks too CGI. It's like, well, because, because you can't make <laughs> you can't make a giant ripply, liquidy demon man suit. <laughs> and if you could, it would look shite. Yeah. Like, I mean, what do you want? Do you want the thing from the first Fantastic Four, or do you want the thing from Fan Four Stick? Yeah. Like that. I know which one looks better, does, and it definitely does. had the guy in the rubber suit. Yeah. I will say, out of everything that's wrong with that film, aesthetic for the thing is not one of them. Yeah, no, I think looks it looks good. fine. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Just the fine. film's dog shit. <laughs> Unfortunately, so yeah. <laughs> But funnily enough, though, that's that's kind of where Star Trek's always shined in. It's like prosthetics and makeup. Like, it, it's so rare, other than like maybe the original series, but again, that was like the 60s, 70s, yeah. so it can kind of be excused. But it's so rare that like any of the aliens look stupid. Um, I mean, in, in Voyager, yeah. there, was, there was a whole episode with dinosaurs that had survived the meteorite that hit Earth. And they'd developed over millions of years, discovered space travel and stuff, and fucked off and left the planet. And they found them in the Delta Quadrant. And they they were basically uh, 
dinosaurs that evolved to the point where they looked relatively similar to us, but they were all scales and reptiles and stuff. Like um, the Coopers from Super Mario Brothers movie. They, they look way <laughs> fucking better than that. But like the makeup and stuff has always looked pretty bob on. It's, 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 it's got to be better than the uh, the Rhino Police things from Doctor Who. The Rhino Police. Yeah, they they was I can't they might not have been rhinos, but they were basically alien police things. But they had um, basically like Triceracop from Kung Fury. But that epi- I mean, I hate Doctor Who. I don't care who likes it. It's shit. I hate it. <laughs> but I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have a look for this. I'll I'll sh- I'll find you the clip right. And basically, there's a hospital, and they're getting taken up. It's oh God! On the hospital, I found him. There you go. The ju- ju- it's on. the worst acting I have. Like literally, the the hospital lifts up off the ground, and people are obviously like looking through the windows as they're going up. And in that situation, there's aliens in there. Um, the hospital's going up into space. I would be literally shit in my pants. And then everyone's out the window is like, "Oh my God!" Oh no. <laughs> But these are also sort of like interns that work at the BBC. Yeah, <laughs> it's like the worst acting I've ever seen. It's so bad. Even David Tennant can see that. I kind of like their um, their look and sort of like the bodysuits and things. They look a bit Kroganish. They look dog shit. Don't you dare compare it to Mass Effect. <laughs> it's it's a similar kind of. They got a big space helmet on and stuff. It's not no. too bad. <laughs> no. <laughs> Anyway, I think we'll call it there, Mister. That's fine. I'm all um, carded out. Yep, it's it's going to be great. Um, I mean, I was excited for the second season. As sec- uh, that excited? Yep, can't even talk anymore. Um, I was excited for the second season of uh, Daredevil. The fucking Daredevil. <laughs> hey, season three of Daredevil's this year. That is true, and that I am certainly looking forward mm. to. Um, second season of Discovery is what I meant to say. Sorry. Yeah. Um, because again, it's it's going to be touching on. More recognisable characters and themes and stuff, which which is totally fine. But now that I know that Patrick Stewart's being accepted back into the fold, I, I want to see that. If you want to yeah. cancel Discovery and just give me that instead, even <laughs> if it's no good, I'll probably take it. I think a lot of people would, to be fair. Yeah, but yeah, that'll do for me. I'm all Star Trek out for this particular point in time, and then I'm going to go and play some Star Trek. So, but a new Star Trek game today because <laughs> of this. <laughs> Well, if you want to see some more stuff that may or may not be Star Trek related, you can go to the website, which is www.podcastversusplayer.com or .co.uk. Follow us on Instagram at podcastversusplayer and on the Twitter at podcastvplayer. And you're probably listening to this on iTunes or something. Or if you're not, you might be listening to it on YouTube, which is youtube.com forward slash podcastversusplayer. And you can check out our new IGTV channel, which is over on our Instagram page. And you can see some other shit. Um, like this podcast will be up. Um, we'll do some more T's and E's. Um, there's some Far Cry Arcade that we still need to put up. Um, we'll probably do a Final Fantasy video at some point in the future. Um, we've got a new series called Mods and Sods. And we'll be kicking that off with Left 4 Dead 2. And there's a bunch of stuff. It's, it's, it's crazy. It's mental. Yeah. It's not that crazy. No. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> <laughs>